Welcome everyone. This is Kaylee Curran, President of Curran Compliance Services. I'm thrilled to have as our guest today, Christy Grant Hart, founder of Spark Compliance Consulting and author of the recently published book, How to Be a Wildly Effective Compliance Officer, where we learn the secrets of influence, motivation, and persuasion to become an in-demand business asset. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. Christy, I first read about your book in the Wall Street Journal last month. You and the book were featured in the paper's Risk and Compliance Journal. Congratulations on that. What a great way to launch this book. Thank you so much. It was really quite thrilling, actually. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Sitting there in my living room over my morning coffee, I ordered a copy from Amazon right away. And after I read it, I ordered more copies for the office. I think there's a lot of really great information and insight there, and it's easy to read and apply right away for any compliance professional. What made you decide to write a book about compliance and specifically a book that's so accessible? Um, I think that um, when I wrote the book, I was uh, the chief compliance officer uh, at United International Pictures, and I was watching so many of my colleagues really struggle with connecting on a, in an emotional way with the business. Um, and maybe not um, having the sort of techniques to get the emotional buy-in that they needed to be successful. So um, I did a couple of talks about that um, in London where I'm based and, and around um, and realized there was a, a real uh, need for this information. So I decided to write a book and uh, that's what happened. One of the first things you talk about in the book is that there are four primary motivators that can be appealed to by compliance officers when dealing with the larger corporate audience of stakeholders. That was really interesting to me because I often see a heavy reliance on just two of them, fear for self and fear for business, but little use of the other two. Can you explain these primary motivators and why we should think about all four? Absolutely. I think that uh, when you're doing compliance training, or when I was doing compliance training, one of the things I noticed was that people really respond to different types of motivation and tend to be uh, one of four categories. Um, and those were the basis for the four primary motivators. Um, the first one is fear for self. So that's the, the fear based, you know, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to have bad things happen to me. I don't want to be fired. Um, and that can be highly motivating for many people. Um, as can the second related motivator, which is fear for the business. That tends to be people who are really proud of the business's reputation. They're afraid of the stock price going down. They're afraid of the, um, you know, the reputation of the business being drugged through the mud. And so people with those fear bases respond really well to stories of um, other people, you know, going to jail or um, customers or related businesses having compliance failures that create um, catastrophe. But if you only deal with fear, you're missing part of your audience. Uh, so the other motivators are really quite different. Um, one of them is the idea of noble cause. So people in compliance tend to be noble cause folks. They are people who really believe in ethics and compliance, and they want their company to be the best the most ethical, the most compliant, and they really respond to, you know, values and ethics-driven training and things that are about um, being the most effective and, and, you know, best corporate citizen that the company can be. Um, and the fourth primary motivator is the idea of competitive edge. And this one, um, I find, works particularly well with salespeople. 
So this is the idea that you can use compliance in order to be a, a, a market-driving force. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was the director of compliance at uh, Carlson Wisely Travel, um, in our Asia group, um, we found that uh, when one of the scandals hit um, that, uh, in GSK, GlaxoSmithKline, uh, the travel agencies were being used to funnel bribes to some of the surgeons. And our company didn't have any of those affiliations. And suddenly, the whole pharma industry in Asia was coming to try to work with us because we didn't have this problem. Um, so the salespeople throughout the company could see that, that actually using compliance could be a competitive edge. And what I have developed is this idea that you should use all four motivators whenever you are doing the large group training or online training or particularly in-person training so that you're really touching each individual. Um, so you're telling stories that you know, relate to a fear for self and you're telling a story that relates to a fear for the business but also evoking that idea of you know, being very noble and being a great compliant company, as well as how you can use um, competitive edge or you know, use that motivation. So when you put them all together, you really can be uh, more effective in training because you can touch each person emotionally and get their buy-in that way. Throughout the book, you talk a lot about interacting with others in the organization and you help the reader strategize about ways to think about the firm and stakeholders in order to be more effective. One of the other ways you talk about is in relation to the wildly effective compliance officer risk matrix. And I've been thinking about this tool lately because the chief compliance officer of a client company of ours told me recently that he's changing jobs and he's going to be CCO counsel at another small life insurance company. Can you talk a bit about how the risk matrix might help him as he moves into a new job? Yeah, absolutely. So this um, this matrix, this idea, um, came from a, a book that I read when I was taking over my new role that talked about the difference between a company's readiness for change and need for change, and how when you approach the company, you need to really think about where it is on these two scales or these two different axes. Um, and when you apply it to compliance, um, there's, there's a quiz in the book that helps you figure out where you might be on this scale. Um, but the idea is if your company has a high readiness for change and a high need for change, so let's say that you know, you're under investigation or that you know, your sister company has uh, been hammered with a fine, you're going to come into that role or he's going to come into that role with a strong need for change and readiness for change and this probably is coming quite aggressively and say, this is what we're doing, this is how we're changing it, I have a plan, follow me versus if you're at a place or he's going to a place with a more mature program where the basics are all in place and you're really tweaking things or just responding to the, the new laws that are coming out, where you're going to want to have a much more subtle approach um, saying, you know, thank you so much for the good work that's already been done here. Let me tell you how we're going to make it even better. And so this idea um, is that you can go to the company with the best approach based on how ready they are for change and how needy they are for change. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for taking the time to talk to us about your book and your experiences as a compliance officer. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, just, you know, stay in touch. I'm, I'm one of those compliance people that loves to talk about it, <laughs> like to write about it and, and think about it. So, um, you know, I'm active on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that stuff. Um, and, and thank you so much for the opportunity 
um, to, to talk with you and to be before your you know, friends and colleagues and work people. I, I sincerely appreciate it.